And now it's time for the Mr. Nelson Show. Well, hello there. Please do come in through the door. I welcome you to the Mr. Nelson Show, episode number four. <laughs> It's October, you know. (laughs) You know, one of the questions I continually get about uh, people from the Bob Levy show usually centers around our good pal, John Kitzel. I don't know why people think I can explain such a bizarre creature, but the questions do continue. So, I do what everyone does. I go to our friend, the internet. Turns out John Kinsel has a website. It's called johnkinsel.com. I probably shouldn't have said that, because then I could just pretend like I knew all this stuff. But anyway, here, I'll spoon feed you some info about John Kinsel. According to his website, yes, let's see what it says about our friend John Kinsel. John began his comedy career as a joke writer for radio personalities, then wrote for Jay Leno and Joan Rivers. John has been entertaining audiences with his aptly titled John Kinsel Show, a sarcastic takeoff on the old Dean Martin Show with John as host and a cast of offbeat character comedians dropping in. John entered the stand-up comedy arena while attending Temple University. His humor style can best be described as taking an ordinary situation and creating a twisted view on it, much like a party clown making a balloon animal. And then said balloon animal suddenly goes wrong and ends up looking like genitals. He has worked with many national comedians. And when most were asked to describe John Kinsel, the usual reply was, John Kinsel? Didn't he park my car? <laughs> oh, my. Everything John talks about in his act is based in reality, from his girlfriend running off to become a professional Stevie Nicks impersonator in a Fleetwood Mac cover band and leaving her kids and mom's ashes with him to growing up as one of seven Irish kids in a working-class Philadelphia neighborhood. Well, all that's true, including the plumber part. But when all's said and done about John, you want to know what the real secret is? Well, here, let me tell you. Turns out I actually know the real truth here. And I... We interrupt this program to bring you this special news bulletin. Super Freak Bandits, Rob Bank disguised as Rick James and Youngblood. Two men dressed like Rick James and 70s drug dealer, Youngblood Priest from Superfly, robbed a bank in Indiana on September 19th. The Super Thieves were armed with guns when they held up the Indiana Members Credit Union and demanded money from the tellers. The two men got the fuck out of there and fled with an undisclosed amount of cash. 
police suspect the same men also robbed the Advanced America Bank in Indiana on September 15th. The robbers are still on the loose, and police are encouraging anyone with information to reach out. In the meantime, the jury's out on who does a better Rick James. Oh, God, that's so bad. Who writes this shit? Nah, I'll read it. In the meantime, the jury's out on who does a better Rick James impression. Dave Chappelle or these guys. <laughs> School district bans playing tag, claiming it's not safe for kids. A Washington State school district has banned the game of tag for kids at recess, citing student safety. While in play, especially during recess and unstructured time, students are expected to keep their hands to themselves. The rationale behind this is to ensure the physical and emotional safety for all students. Mercer Island School District Communications Director Mary Grady told local news, Parents weren't impressed. Good grief, our kids need some unstructured playtime. Kelsey Joyce told the station, Melissa Naher said, I play tag. I survived. Still, another parent noted that now her son walks around chatting about video games during recess, rather than getting some more vigorous exercise. Community members created a Facebook group, Star MI, support tag at recess in Mercer Island, to protest the decision. Tag and other child-led games encourage independence and much-needed activity, said the group's description. Superintendent Gary Plano brought up the backlash to the new hands-off rule at a school board meeting Thursday, according to the Mercer Island Reporter. It's regretful that what seemed to be a well-intentioned desire to help protect kids has taken a life of its own, said Plano, announcing that he would form a committee that would gather parents' feedback. In 2013, New Hampshire elementary school officials received similar criticisms when they banned tag, arguing that kids were tagging each other with too much force and running around without looking where they were going. Tag is one of the oldest playground games anywhere, parent Bill Chisholm said at the time. To ban tag is just ridiculous. Tag is not the only common childhood activity under attack. Schools nationwide have banned hugging, dodgeball, and competitive games in general. Several schools in the United Kingdom have even prohibited the concept of best friends. And in other education news, teacher allegedly suggests kid is evil, even sinister, for being left-handed. An Oklahoma mother alleges that a teacher at her four-year-old school was told to stop writing with his left hand because that's the hand Satan uses. Oakma resident Alicia Sands, 30, said she asked her son, Zade, who normally writes with his left hand, why he was using his right hand to complete his homework. I just asked, is there anything his teachers ever asked about his hands? And he raises this one and says, this one's bad. Sands told KFOR on Monday. When the concerned mom asked the unnamed teacher at Oaks Elementary for an explanation, she was allegedly sent an article describing left-hand users as evil, unlucky, and sinister. The article cites the devil as one of the worst offenders of using his left hand. What more proof do you need? It breaks my heart for him, because somebody actually believes that. The mom told the station, 
for thousands of years. The devil has been associated with the left hand in various ways and is normally portrayed as being left-handed in pictures and other images. According to anythinglefthanded.co.uk, in the 17th century, it was thought that the devil baptized his followers with his left hand, and there are many references and superstitions to the left-hand side being associated with evil. Sands brought the issue to the school superintendent, but said that no disciplinary action was taken against the teacher. The school is definitely looking into it. Superintendent Tony Dean told the New York Daily News on Tuesday, We take this very, very seriously. They are not just dismissing it. They should take this seriously. Who knows how many other people write with their left hand. It could be dozens more. This just in. The president is left-handed. Up next, is your underwear a death trap? Find out after these messages. Where can you find the Bob Levy Show? It's in my ass! It's in my ass! <laughs> Bob, no, no, no. You can find the Bob Levy Show on iTunes and at Stitcher and... In my asshole. <laughs> Bob, stop, stop! No, you can find the Bob Levy Show at RadioMisfits.com. So what are you waiting for? My asshole. Well, maybe that too. like the sound of my voice? Yes, you know you do. Well, why not join me as we watch some crappy old movies that I tear apart with my smart aleck commentary and clever sound effects. Movies like Horror Hotel. In Horror Hotel, a young college student travels to a small town to study witchcraft. While there, the townsfolk teach her how to be a blood sacrifice to the devil. Sadly, she won't be able to finish her report due to being drained of blood. But, well, I guess you've got to give her an A for effort. The movie stars a young Christopher Lee before James Bond and Dracula and all that. Gotta start somewhere. Warning! Due to an extreme lack of talent, bathroom humor is deployed throughout the film. You can find this and other great gems of cinema crap at selfie.com slash Nelson. That's S-E-L-L-F-Y dot com slash N-A-I-L-S-I-N. It's just that simple. Selfie.com slash Nelson. Popcorn not included. Now it's time for another episode of Pokey the Bear. Pokey is on his usual rounds in Yellowstone National Park when he spots a bicyclist. He approaches cautiously, concealing himself behind the nearby bushes. Well, well, what have we here? Mmm, what a great day for a ride. Can't wait to break in my new shiny navy blue spandex shorts with that stylish yellow stripe on the side. And with my aerodynamic bike helmet, I'll slice through the air like grease lightning. <laughs> but first, I'd better limber up. I know, I'll do some squats. Uh, 
Upon seeing the bicyclist stretch and bend his toned form, Pokey begins to touch himself. Lord have mercy. The sight of them shiny shorts on that tight bending ass is stirring me up something fierce. Suddenly, Pokey lunges forward at the bicyclist. Only you can put out the fire of my desire. What? Oh my god! A bear! Bend your ass over, bitch! The bicyclist's defenses are futile in the face of Pokey's beastal thrusts as they savagely invade his anal orifice, splitting him in half. <sighs> but when all said and done, Pokey's senses return. Oh, Jesus. Why'd I do that? Damn urges. What possessed that idiot to come through here dressing all sexy-like? Stupid bitch. Man, if the rangers find out, it's bye-bye, Pokey. Wait a minute. I think I see. Yes, indeed. It's Mabel and her cubs. Oh, I better act fast. Moments later, Mama Bear Mabel and her two cubs find Pokey coming out of the woods, bearing gifts. Well, hey there, Mabel. Oh, hello, Pokey. What have you got there? Well, I done killed me a deer, but I done had my fill. So, well, I seen you and the cubs. Then I thought to myself, Self, why don't you be charitable and give you the rest of the meat? Well, aren't you the gentleman? The smile on your faces makes it all worth it. As Mabel and the cubs chow down, Pokey walks away, deep in thought. Stupid whore. When them rangers find that cyclist's DNA in your shit, you're gonna find a big surprise right between the eyes. Ha <laughs> ha! Too bad about the cubs being orphans, though. Hmm. Can't help but think this is somehow all my fault. But I also can't help but feel pride at being smarter than the average bear. <laughs> Join us next time for another episode of Pokey the Bear. Hey, New Jersey. Looks like you've got nothing better to do. Why waste time watching TV when you can head over to Frenchtown, New Jersey at Artie's Bar and Grill. And Friday, October 23rd, 8 p.m. to 9.30 p.m., see the Reverend Bob Levy with John Kinsel and Adam Lucidi. It's a KTEF fundraiser. Tickets are $40. Doors open at 6.30. Show starts promptly at 8 p.m. Go to RevBobLevy.com for further info. And now, back to the news. Eight underwear mistakes that are bad for your health. Mistake number one, too tight underwear. Not only is too tight underwear generally unflattering, hello, visible bulges and puckering, but it can also promote chafing of the skin and vaginal irritation, especially if you're postmenopausal. For women who are postmenopausal, their vaginal walls tend to be thin. Says Raquel B. Dardick, M.D., Clinical Associate Professor, Department of Obstetrics and Gynecology at NYU Langone Medical Center. From that perspective, any underwear that's tight enough to rub your skin can result in irritation, she explains. 
if your skin doesn't get irritated, then great, tight underwear won't hurt you. But if you do get irritated because of friction, then it's not recommended. Well, it's a good thing we've got an actual doctor to explain that one. See, you're learning already. Mistake number two, shapewear. If your tight undergarment happens to be shapewear, like the popular hip and tummies living kinds or waist cinching corsets, you run the risk of health complications beyond your appearance. If it's really tight, you could have nerve impingement and decreased circulation, says Donica Moore, MD, a women's health expert who speculates that tight girdles and shapers can even produce numbness or tingling in your extremities. Furthermore, shapewear is notoriously difficult to take off. Shapewear makes it very difficult to go to the bathroom, so when women wear them, they tend to hold it more than they should. Mistake number three, synthetic fabrics and silk. When it comes to material, experts agree that your personal preference can dictate the fabric, as long as you make sure the crotch is lined with cotton. Most of the underwear that's available is fairly breathable, says Dr. Dardick. As long as they have cotton liner where the vaginal area is, you'll be fine. But if you're looking for optional underwear conditions, steer clear of synthetic materials and only wear silk on special occasions. Silk and synthetic fabrics are not breathable, which increases the risk of moisture being trapped and retained, which can create a yeast or bacterial infection, says Dr. Moore. Mistake number four, thongs. Even if thong underwear is more your granddaughter's speed than yours, keep this tip in mind. If you have a propensity to get yeast or bacterial infections, thongs will only make things worse. Thongs can be like a unique transport vehicle for bacteria from the back to the front, says Dr. Moore, referring to the spread of E. coli from the anus to the vaginal area. There's a lot of movement with the thongs, sliding back and forth. It just doesn't stay in place, she says. Dr. Dardick agrees. Thong underwear can be more irritating because it has more contact with vaginal and vulva area. But that doesn't mean women can't wear them. You just have to find the right type for you, she says. Meaning if you like wearing thongs and they don't cause you discomfort, then go for it. Just because women become grandmothers, it doesn't mean they don't need to wear granny underwear, she adds. Yeah, they kind of do. Yeah, grandma on the thong. No, not going for that one. At least in the opinion of this reporter. Mistake number five. Underwear at night. Most experts are proponents of sleeping completely in the nude as long as you're comfortable in your birthday suit. Though it's a matter of personal preference, from the perspective of breathing and airing things out, you should sleep without underwear, says Dr. Moore. Man, I hope she's hot. For women who are going through menopause, going underwearless may even make more sense. The more you wear, the more you have to take off when you get night sweats, she says. No one wants to linger in cold, wet 
panties. Once a hot flash passes. Mistake number six. Going commando during the day. If breathable underwear is good, is wearing no underwear better? In a word, no. No underwear causes a whole host of other problems, particularly because clothing doesn't tend to have a liner, says Dr. Dardick. For one, if you're wearing pants, the seam sits right in the vulva area and will constantly be rubbing the area. Which can irritate sensitive tissue. Secondly, the natural moisture produced by the vagina has nowhere to go when you're not wearing underwear. If you are wearing dresses or skirts, there's nothing there to absorb vaginal moisture, she adds. Then you can become hot and sweaty down there, which in itself can irritate the skin. In theory, no underwear makes sense until you think of the details. Mistake number seven, sweaty undies. Women and men who tend to sweat should change their underwear regularly, twice a day, as opposed to once a day for people who typically stay dry. And anyone who works out should put on a clean pair of undies as soon as they're able. A warm, moist environment is the perfect place for yeast to grow, says Dr. Moore, who recommends that sweat-prone people invest in underwear made of moisture-wicking material and avoid cotton underwear, which tends to stay wet once it gets wet. All of these problems are compounded if you have incontinence to any degree, even a drop or two, says Dr. Moore. When you work out... You can try wearing a panty liner. That way, if you're not in a position to change underwear, at least you can change the panty liner or take it off. Are you listening to this, Joe? Mistake number eight. Non-hypoallergenic detergent. Have unexplained itching in an uncomfortable place. Even if you don't consider yourself to have sensitive skin, your vaginal area may disagree. Another common irritation? is a form of contact dermatitis, says Dr. Moore. The number one cause of that is your laundry detergent. The tissues that your panties come into contact with are a lot more sensitive than your elbows. She also identifies dryer sheets as irritation culprits. Many brands have a very high concentration of perfumes in them, she continues. I don't know why we need our vaginas to smell like a garden. What? But I recommend that women use hypoallergenic cleaning products as much as possible. Dr. Dardick concurs. The milder, the better. And now the good news. While you can make mistakes with the undergarments you choose to wear, infection typically isn't a big concern for women over 50. The good news about menopause is that your pH changes making you less likely to get yeast infections and bacterial infections, says Dr. Dardick. Smart underwear habits mostly boil down to personal preference, how easily your skin gets irritated, and your propensity for infection. With all of these questions, it's not like we have a wealth of double-blind placebo trials to rely on, says Dr. Moore. It's mostly conventional wisdom with a little medical thoughtfulness, Vaginal health depends on a lot of factors. So this was all about sweaty vaginas. I guess us men are going to be okay. 
And besides, she just said it's nothing more than conventional wisdom. It's all just a bunch of word of mouth and uh, hearsay. So keep wearing your thongs, ladies. But not you, Grandma. And that's the news. Have you ever wanted to be a fly on the wall in the beginning days of a great rock and roll band? Well, now's your chance, thanks to the 21st Century Rock and Roll Podcast, hosted by young Dom Levy and Billy the Kid Thoden. Tune in as they treat you to the return of rock and roll. And you'll have a front row seat at RadioMisfits.com. Levy's Law. Once again, we find our heroes, Detectives Bob Levy and Joe Conti, accompanied by Officer John Kinsel, at yet another scene of homicide. What do we got here, Joe? Mm, uh, appears the victim here was impaled on his bedpost through his rectum. Wow. Looks like he, uh, Suffered internal injuries from the rupturing of his intestines. His hemorrhoids must have really itched. <laughs> this whole scene is <laughs> busting gut funny. <laughs> Kids, I swear to God, you're unbelievable. Oh, oh please, Detective Levy. Find the madman who did this to my husband. <laughs> Are we sure this is a homicide, not, you know, an accidental suicide? What? What are you talking about? Are you sure your husband didn't like having his poo pushed? How dare you! I dare because I care, you fucking whore. Your husband was looking for a 12-incher, and he got a lot more than he bargained for. Oh, you animal! Yeah, you bitch now, but one day you'll beg me to love you like a sock. Hold on a minute, Bob. Look here in the closet. I found all these weird sex toys and, and a bunch of knives. Well, that was... that was just his collection. You know what I think, Bob? I think the victim here was really a serial killer, and the murderer was a serial killer of serial killers. Oh, oh man. Joe. <laughs> what? <laughs> We're not calling that Dexter actor to come be a consultant on what? the case. That's not what I was... I mean, we could. I mean, we're officers of the law, and this is a case. We, uh, uh we could call him. Uh, we, we could get in touch with somebody and bring him in. Joe, I've had enough of man crushes for one day. <laughs> just, just shut up. You, you never take me seriously. You, you, you're, all, you're an ass. You're just an ass. Take it outside, Joe. Nobody wants any feces thrown around in the house at the crime scene, you stupid lowland gorilla. <laughs> I guess all that man crush on that Dexter guy makes him a, <laughs> a vicarious George. <laughs> Damn it, Kinsel. You know why you wheeze like that? Because you suck the oxygen out of the room with those bombs. All right, let's wrap up the scene and make sure you get plenty of pictures, you know, so we can post them later for a few laughs. Will Detective Levy solve the case? Or just seduce the wife? Or both? Will Joe Conti finally get his dream of hanging out with Michael C. Hall? And what about Officer Kinsel? Is he always going to need to paint left and right on his shoes? Tune in next time for Levy's Law.
are you looking for happiness? Then comedian Joe Conti has got good news for you. So, uh, I'm a single guy. I'm not married. Um, most people here are single. We have uh, single women here tonight. Yeah. Thank you, sir. <laughs> yes, there's a lot of laughs, but there's also a philosophical search. These are uh, thoughts that I have in my head, and I wanted to share them with you. If a bulimic had Alzheimer's, would they still be fat because they keep forgetting to throw up? <laughs> Is bowling not a sport, but just an activity for alcoholics too lazy to play softball? If America created a gay, patriotic airline, would they call it the Fruited Plains? And would they have a mild deep club? Was that too far? Was that the point? Right there. Boom! Too far for this audience. And of course, a little something for the lady. Uh, this is for every woman in here. Every woman is every woman's real fantasy, real sexual fantasy, to have a really good-looking gynecologist with Parkinson's disease. <laughs> yes, there's more where that came from. So do yourself a favor. Head over to iTunes or Amazon and order yourself some happiness from Joe Gotti. good-looking girls in this audience now. I got a fucking log in my underwear. That's right, I had a wooden cock. I was circumcised with a pencil sharpener. Our pal, the late, great Otto Peterson, is no longer with us. But his legacy of laughs lives on at autoandgeorge.com. There you can order Otto and George's new DVD slash CD in concert. And you can get his new t-shirt. Or anything Otto and George can be found at autoandgeorge.com Welcome back, yes, yes. Oh, you didn't think I forgot about you, did you? <laughs> no. I know what time it is. It's night-night time! Mostly calm evening for the streets of Cityopolis is suddenly interrupted by the pursuit of the notorious Pink Elephant Gang by our masked Avengers, Night Knight and Boobo. Skip on it, Night Knight. Shut up, Boobo. I'll not suffer backseat driving from you. But I'm not in the backseat. God damn it, Boobo. Whoa, you trashed that guy's newsstand. That's on you and your idiotic idiocy. Besides, what moron tries to sell magazines and newspapers these days? Now shut up and listen, Willow. Here, grab the wheel. I'm going to leap onto the pink elephant's van and hit him with nighty night gas. Yeah, but. Damn it, Boobo, I do the thinking. And so, Night Night climbs out onto the hood of his night cruiser. Shocking. He finds it more difficult to maintain his balance than he thought he would. Looking back, he sees Bubo has yet to grab the wheel or even move into the driver's seat. Bubo, what the hell? 
I tried to tell you. I don't have a driver's license, and I forgot my learner's permit, so it's illegal for me to drive. Suddenly, the big elephant's van is cut off by police, forcing it to slam on its brakes, thus causing the night cruiser to smash into its rear. <laughs> Damn you, Lulu! You in the van, come out with your hands up! Step on it, boys! Hurry, Lulu! We need to get on top of Pink Elephant's van! And so, using their night talons, our heroes are able to attach themselves to the Pink Elephant's van as it rolls out, crushing the wounded bodies of civilians and police officers alike. Holy shit, what was that? The night cruiser. I set it to self-destruct. Yeah, why'd you do that? I can't allow any of my assets to fall into the wrong hands, lest it lead them to my true identity of Lyle Richmond. Hmm, yeah, but there's a lot of busted up people over there. You might get burned up. <sighs> Collateral damage, Bobo. Oh, right. War on crime, huh? Exactly. See? You're learning, Bobo. You're learning. Balls, Night Night and Bubba are on the roof. Well, don't sit there yapping. Shoot him, stupid. <laughs> Shut up, Bobo. Don't give away your position. Quickly. The back doors are damaged. Help me get them open. Now, deploy Nighty Night Gas. Do what? Throw the damn gas bombs in. As the nighty night gas floods the van, Night Night and Bubo swing inside. However, with the back doors wide open, the gas is sucked out, leaving the thugs only mildly sluggish. Oh no, they're still awake, Night Night. Use your nightstick. Bash their skulls in. It's all over, Pico. Your gang is defeated. So what? I don't need them fools to give you some whooping. Suddenly, the pink elephant leaps from his seat and lands a solid kick to Night Night's gut. <laughs> he left a footprint in your fat, Night Night. <laughs> Damn it, Bubo. Get him, you idiot. Get off me, boy. <laughs> Get your hands off of me, pink elephant. Bubo may be a dumbass, but he's my dumbass. Wait a minute. Your men aren't driving this van. You're not driving it, then. Oh shit, it's Bubo! <laughs> I don't know how to drive stick! And so the pink elephant's van smashes its way through the city docks until it's briefly airborne, and then plunges into the murky depths of the water below. Officer Vincent, what's... Hey, is that beer I smell on you? Yeah. Damn it! Alright, whatever, whatever. What's the situation here? Well, the Pink Elephant Gang ran off the docks and into the bay, but, uh, hey, Night Night and Butthole are in there with them. <laughs> really? Well, uh, how long have they been down there? Oh, uh, about 30 minutes now. <laughs> Pin, try to get them out? Well, I'm full of beer. Man, well, they've been down there too long. I guess it's over for night night. We need to get a diving crew out here and haul the van out of there. Oh, come on, that'll keep us out here all night. Yeah, 
Yeah, I guess we could deal with this tomorrow. It's not like they're going. <laughs> oh, come on now. I, I know these guys were idiots, and I guess we'll never know just what they were trying to pull, but... Well, they're dead. I mean, shouldn't somebody say something? Like what? Uh, yeah, all right, let's go. Is this the end of Night Night in Bubo? Our Cityopolis's finest drinking beer over the watery graves of our Mast Avengers? Find out in the next exciting episode. Same night podcast URL. Same night whatever I feel like at time. This has been a Nailsin production. The Night Night theme song is performed by Alistair White and his lovely wife, Heather. Incidental music is courtesy of Kevin McLeod. All characters are performed by me, Douglas Nelson. Join us again, won't you? You know that other show Bob Levy has, Beauty and the Beast with the lovely Sahari Candela? Yes, that one. Well, on a recent episode, a back door was opened into some intimate secrets concerning Miss Candela. Because I don't feel like a woman should give all their best secrets right off jump. So you're saying no anal until the ring? No, I've done anal. Yes. But, see, but I don't think that you should do anal with everybody. No, it's a gift. It's it's a gift that should be given only to the great. Uh, and, and here's a, and here's the thing. So it's a gift. It's a gift given to. It's an, a gift, but I don't have a. I like. I'm not a person that hates it. I actually love it more than than penis you, and vagina. Oh my god! Are you serious? Yeah, yeah dead serious. Holy I don't think I, I like it more than that. But oh my god! I am. Dad, I am trying. I'm squeezing my dick to keep it down right now. Stop it. <laughs> Oh, man. There is a God. (laughs) Well, my friends, it's time to turn the lights out on the Mr. Nelson show. But before I go, I'll leave you with this bedtime story. That's just perfect for October. Undying Love, Carl Tanzler's Mummified Dream Girl. America has long been the land of fulfilling one's hopes and dreams, or visions, as was the case of a German transplant by the name of Carl Tanzler. Tanzler immigrated to Zephyrellis, Florida, with his wife and two daughters accompanying him later. Only for him to leave his family soon after, he relocated to the Key West Island, was hired as an x-ray tech at the U.S. Marine Hospital, and went by the name of Carl von Cassell, sometimes adding count to his name. One day in 1930, Tanzler's uneventful life was giving new meaning. He was in his fifties at the time when he set his eyes on the patient Maria Elena Malagro de Heos. Elena was sick with tuberculosis, and her mother brought her to the hospital to seek treatment. As a child in Germany, Tanzler reported visions of an exotic beauty, his one true love revealed to him by an ancestral relative. 
Tanzler knew that this dark-haired, 21-year-old Cuban-American was his true love, in the flesh. Despite Tanzler's lack of medical training and the disease's poor prognosis, he took it upon himself to court Elena with an assembly of diagnostic x-ray equipment brought to her parents' home, curative concoctions, presents of jewelry and clothing, and, of course, professions of his undying love. Elena ultimately succumbed to her illness and died on October 25, 1931. The seemingly noble Tanzler paid for her funeral and built a mausoleum for Elena in the Key West Cemetery, all with the family's approval. He spent almost every night visiting her tomb for the next one and a half years. But soon, Tanzler's obsession with Elena turned macabre. He reported that her spirit would sing to him in Spanish as he sat at her tomb and begged him to take her away. In April of 1933, Tensler secretly stole her decaying body and wheeled it to his home in a toy wagon. He became dedicated to preserving her corpse in unimaginable ways. He held her bones together with coat hangers and wire, placed glass eyes in the eye sockets, and replaced rotting flesh with silk cloth treated with wax and plaster of Paris. Tanzler stuffed rags in the abdominal and chest cavities to maintain the illusion of the human form. The corpse was outfitted with a wig made of Elena's real hair, collected by her mother and given to Tanzler at her death. Clothing, jewelry, and accessories. Oh, and the smell? Tanzler used bottles and bottles of perfume to hide the odor and preservatives such as formaldehyde to delay the decomposition. He spent days with the dead body, sometimes dancing with it, and lay with it each night in his bed, possibly practicing necrophilia. He had even inserted a paper tube into the vaginal cavity. After seven long years, the disturbing rumors began to reach the family. Elena's sister, Florinda, confronted Tensler at his home, and to her horror, discovered her sister's preserved corpse in his possession. She called the authorities, and Tanzler was arrested and detained for the crime of grave robbing. He was given a psychiatric evaluation and found mentally competent to stand trial. According to reports, Carl claimed he planned to use an airship to fly his encased wife high into the stratosphere so that the radiation from outer space could penetrate Elena's tissues and restore life to her somnolent form. During a preliminary hearing, the case was dropped because the statute of limitations had expired. Tanzler was a free man. The corpse was examined by pathologists and physicians, and because of its unique state, it was placed on public display at the Dean Lopez funeral home. More than 6,000 people came to view the disturbing wax-like features of the corpse. The case garnered plenty of media attention from paparazzi and newspapers, including Key West Citizen and Miami Herald. What's more? The public tended to sympathize with Tanzler and thought of him more as a love-struck eccentric than horrific recluse. After the spectacle that was the viewing, Elena's corpse was eventually returned to Key West Cemetery, to an unmarked grave, where it was finally able to rest in peace. As for Tanzler, the rumored necrophiliac moved to Pasco County, Florida in 1944. He wrote an autobiography, which was published in the pulp publication Fantastic Adventures. His estranged wife supported him toward the end of his life, and he even received his U.S. citizenship around that time. Still enamored with Elena, Tanzler created a plaster cast 
or death mask of her face, which was part of a life-size sculpture he created in her likeness. He died in 1952 and was found lying on the floor almost a month after his death, reportedly wrapped in the arms of the effigy. For one morbid immigrant, dreams did come true. So, was this true love? Perhaps, but maybe not. Yes, I'm leading with not. Good night, everybody. Sweet dreams.
as your face is washed in tears Only then you realize your fears you would hear